Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going hard, I push you to the limit. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Phillips. Yeah, yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Phillips, let's go. In this week's episode of Real Talk, again, this is audio from the live training, which I put together recently for female founders and CSO executives who want endless energy because what do people feel they don't have enough of? My friends, it's time and it's energy. So what a better topic than this to cover when it comes to getting yourself to become the healthiest version and energized version of you. I tap into at least five common misconceptions, barriers, hurdles, problems that I see people encounter when it comes to all things energy. Because at the end of the day, business, running a business is about energy management. If you don't know how to manage, optimize, and perform, well, your business probably won't either. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, of course, leave us some love in the comments section. Be sure to connect with this on Instagram and other social media platforms and share the episode because sharing is caring, my friends. That's right. Sharing is caring. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so this is the Endless Energy Workshop for female executives, female founders who work 14-hour days across three different time zones, who want to get through their enormous days without an over-reliance on caffeine or stimulants. So you're in the right place if you want to feel like the Energizer Bunny and not feel like you have to have a third cup of coffee at 3 p.m. just to get by. This is a common, common qualm amongst the women I work with, feeling that they have so much to do, yet so little time to do it in. And a very, very common source of stress and anxiety comes from feeling as though they're not going to have the energy to do what is ahead of them, okay? So that's what we're going to be covering today. And if you have any questions, drop them in the comment section, of course. Let me know, I will get back to you. Please sit tight. This is going to be a wild ride, and I'm sure you'll derive a lot of value from this live training. There's a lot of places to start. When we think about energy, often we think about sleep. We often think about food, various types of food. We often think about the fact that we should probably do this, but it's unlikely that is going to happen. It's unlikely we're about to get more sleep. It's unlikely we're about to stop working with so many different time zones. It's unlikely that we're about to work two, three hours less a day. It's unlikely we're about to have a holiday where we don't have to pack our laptop. Let's be real. When we go on holiday, the MacBook is the first thing that comes with us. We have a lot of shit to do. We don't have a lot of time to do it in. And we have only so much bandwidth to give to all of our different interests and priorities. I want you to know that there are ways you can increase your energy levels without feeling the need to do more. And I'm going to start there because often we feel in order to have more energy, we have to do more. 
in the sense that we need to get more sleep. We have to put a full stop to the end of the day earlier in the day. And if that's unlikely to happen, then that is the wrong place to start. We often feel that we need to do more in terms of eating more nutrients, taking more supplements, popping more pills, drinking less caffeine, and that just adds to the overwhelm. So I want you to understand that doing more is actually going to only leave you feeling less energized. And instead, what we want to do is streamline. So I'm going to come back to that, but I want that to be a really, really important point that is made and understood here is that we, when we are high performing and high achieving women, we often feel the need that more is better. And that's just simply not the case. Okay. That is something worth noticing. Where can we go from here? There are so many different directions. I'm looking at my notes and there's a lot that comes up. We often feel like we are low on energy because we feel stuck in a place of judgment and comparison. And I would argue that from someone who's lost 15 kilos and kept it off over 12 years, can I just add that? It's easy to think that can feel heavy. And 15 kilograms is a significant amount of weight. Yes. Does it feel as heavy as judgment? Not even close. Does it feel as heavy as the constant nagging and criticism and critique and judgment and comparison that we put on ourselves and having this ridiculous standard that we impose on ourselves to uphold day in and day out? No. The weight of judgment, if we could weigh that, that would be very interesting. <laughs> that would be something worth exploring because that, my friends, is heavy, is really heavy. And it's holding a lot of people back more than they understand, more than they realize. So I want that to be known that judgment is a really great way to stay feeling flat. It's a really great way to stay feeling tired. It's a really great way to not actually move the needle on anything. Uh, it's a great way to stay stuck and feeling stuck is for sure not the feeling of feeling energized, not even close. Judgment is natural. It's human nature. If I'm about to cross the road, I need to make a judgment with regards to how safe I am to do that. So to a degree, judgment is helpful. Comparison can be helpful. That can create a sense of wanting to do better. Um, Self-analysis, reflecting on where we could have improved is powerful. Judgment, when that is the running narrative in our own mind, when we have a constant running tab in our brain that says we are not good enough, that is certainly not energizing. So I want that to be known. When we think about energy, we really, really, really want to think about our headspace and what plays in that headspace. Because at the end of the day, we have thousands upon thousands of thoughts each day. If majority of those thoughts are disempowering, and of a criticizing nature, there is no way in hell we are going to feel good. There's no way in hell we're going to feel energized. So let that be known. That is going to be my second point. Oh, the third one. I like this one. I can really, really, really relate to this one. I was working with a coach some years ago. Let's say it was about five years ago. And he helped me to understand that the creation of energy 
is to an extent that comes down to biological factors, okay? It comes down to how well-rested we are. It comes down to nutrition. It comes down to hydration. Here's my beautiful two-liter water bottle. I have no idea how many ounces that is. I apologize. Let me work up to understanding how many ounces that is, but I can share with you it's two liters. That's about a third of my daily consumption. Yes, there are certain factors that influence energy when we think about what I just mentioned, sleep, diet, nutrition, of course, supplements. And I'll get to that. That is worth mentioning. That is worth touching on. However, when we think about emotional states and understanding that that is something that we can create, that is a game changer. And we can create any state that we desire in any moment that we so choose. Full stop. (laughs) When we take responsibility for our own state and when we have the awareness that we ourselves get to determine which state we operate from, that is tremendously, tremendously powerful. And that is something that I only learned relatively recently. It's been an absolute game changer for me in understanding that if I want to feel energized, the want part, the desire to feel energized in and of itself is the starting point. That is the spark plug, so to speak. I want that to be something you remember the next time you're about to go on stage, the next time you're about to go straight from the airport to the office, the next time you're going to get up on stage as part of a panel for a four or five day conference, the next time you're about to get on a 14 hour flight. It all comes down to the emotional state you choose to create because if we are accustomed to creating certain states, likely we will default to that. We'll go into this at greater length in a moment, but that is what I wanted to touch on. Tying into that, wow, again, another very recent eye-opening moment is understanding the masculine and feminine states, masculine and feminine energy. And it's, it's, girlfriends, it's not easy to shift into the feminine. If you are very familiar with being an overachiever, being productive, having to-do lists upon to-do lists upon to-do lists, And if you are in a great flow of ticking boxes and kicking goals, that is awesome. That's nice. That is really great. That's why we are where we are. That's why we're a senior as we are. That's why we are ambitious as we are. That's why we get the results and the outcomes that we get. Though to an extent, that can hold you back. And that can prevent you from tuning in with other sides to you. And not to say that you have to be or can only be a feminine female. No, not to say that you have to abandon your masculine. No, what I'm suggesting, however, especially as a female, when you are constantly operating from the masculine, it can become very draining and that's worth mentioning. So we'll go into what we can do to mitigate this um, later in the training. I wanted to mention that because by nature, when we are so focused and so in the zone and so geared towards doing and providing and being productive and 
just dominating our industry. Everything that that comes with requires us, for the most part, to operate from a masculine state. And when you're a female doing that all the time, there are other parts of you which tend not to be so cared for. I want that to come to the forefront of your mind when you think about your schedule and when you think about day-to-day life. What is it that leaves you feeling a little burned out? Chances are that feeling ties into being in that masculine state for prolonged periods. So moving into the nutrition side of things, what we would consider to be more normal factors when we think about energy and producing energy. A lot of the women I train when I initially start working with them, in fact, are under eating. Can you believe it? They honestly don't have a great deal of time to sit and eat in a structured way. They have unpredictable schedules. They are not always up at the same time and they are not always going to bed at the same time. They sometimes have morning calls with Australia or the US. They often have afternoon and evening calls with Europe. They are not always able to sit properly and have lunch. Oftentimes, lunch would be a social event as well. It might be a networking event that might take place at a conference. It might be a few mouthfuls of hors d'oeuvres before jumping straight back up onto stage to present. The lack of structure really contributes to a freneticness around food and food intake. So it may surprise you to know a lot of the women I train and initially start working with do not have sufficient food intake. And no wonder if you think about trying to operate a vehicle such as a car, it can only go so far without fuel. In fact, it can't go anywhere without fuel. (laughs) You can only go so far on half a tank of fuel. You can only go so far on a quarter of a tank of fuel. There comes a point where that is going to run out. And that is why food is so necessary to feel energized. And it should be said that I'm not just referring to calories, of course, I'm referring to protein. I'm referring to micronutrients such as vitamins and minerals. I'm referring to biomarkers such as hormone levels, such as iron levels, such as vitamin D levels. I am referring to all of that and a whole lot more. We touched on hydration earlier. We know that cognitive performance has a direct correlation with how hydrated you are. And in fact, students who have been studying for exams, they outperform their dehydrated counterparts by 25% when they're sufficiently hydrated. So that all comes into play. That's a little bit more of an obvious one, but of course, worth touching on. And, you know, life is challenging when there's friction. So this is going to be my second to last point, which is because we're so ambitious and we like starting things, we often have a ton of tabs open, not just on our MacBook. I think I'm up to about 30 tabs, um, but also, of course, in our minds as well. And when our actions are not aligned with our words, when there is an incongruence there, that lack of alignment creates massive depletion in energy because instead of 
opening the tab and closing the tab, we end up with 40 tabs open in our brain. Another 10 tasks later, suddenly there's 50 tabs open in our brain and 60 and 70 and 80. So when we are constantly adding to our workload, but not actually removing any of that work, not sufficiently getting through that work to a point of completion, either by ourselves or by outsourcing or offloading, of course, what is more draining than more work? I mean, more work is more draining than our current workload. So it is the incongruence between what we say we're going to do and what we end up doing that keeps us feeling stuck, lack of energy, feeling like we're not going anywhere, feeling like we're spinning our wheels, feeling like a hamster on that dreaded treadmill all the time, and that we're just not moving the needle on our goals. So to summarize, it would be an incredible workload for which we keep adding to without sufficiently exiting those tabs, without sufficiently ticking those items off our list. And whether that's by outsourcing or offering to someone else, it is having said something and not taking action on it. Okay, so we'll get to that in a second. My last point is, well, in order to feel energized, sometimes you have to give energy to get energy. And that can be the most energizing thing. To give a smile to a stranger and to receive a smile back from them is a really easy way to feel energized. So I guess that's more of a tip than anything else. Okay, so I want to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty now. Yeah, so if you just joined us, this is for female C-suite executives and founders who want to have endless energy so that you can get through your 14, 15, 16 hour days without having too much of reliance on caffeine and stimulants. Because let's face it, whilst the energy we get from that is very, very short lived, in the long term, it's not in fact benefiting us that much and could in fact be depleting our energy stores. So let's rewind a little bit, take a moment to hydrate because as I mentioned, hydration is key when it comes to energy and we're going to go back to the start. So what is draining? An all or nothing approach. And when it comes to perfectionism, actually, I like to think of perfectionism as being like a professional procrastinator. Did I just say that out loud? I did. And here's why. We like to operate as light switches, but in reality, we're not. Most of us, including myself at times, have been very all or nothing. And whilst that can be beneficial in some instances, what it fails to recognize is all of the space in between on and off, okay? Now, you can't always operate at 110% because let's face it, when you're a high achiever, you don't do 100%, you do 110. I know that for sure. When we are constantly trying to operate at 110%, of course, we burn out very, very quickly. And that is not sustainable. You don't need me to say that. It's why we don't sustain whatever it is when we approach it with 110% perspective and attitude. Of course, when we're at a zero out of 10, we're probably asleep and even then our brain is very, very, very switched on. I want you to know that in between these extremes is a lot of room for action. We can still take a lot of action and we can still make a ton of progress even if we're operating at a five out of 10. 
earned a six out of 10 and a seven and an eight and even a nine out of 10. And you need not be stressing yourself out to the point all the time about having to have 10 out of 10 energy in order to do a good job. This is a huge shift that I help my superstars with when it comes to their fitness training, especially when they come to understand that their best workout on their worst, 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 worst day is still better than no workout at all. They very quickly start to realize that they can still move the needle by turning up. And if they only ever turned up when all the stars magically aligned and they felt perfectly energized, chances are they wouldn't make that much progress. I myself would very rarely train if I only did so under those circumstances. With my own physical fitness, I'm in a great routine of exercising five to six times a week. And that works for me based on my lifestyle now. Of those five or six times a week, my motivation, quote unquote, motivation levels would be an eight, nine, or 10 out of 10, perhaps once or twice a week. I'm going to say 1.5 times a week. If I only exercised that many times, that would barely be 80 times a year that I would make it to the gym and to do my workout. I would be a very different human if I only worked out 80 times a year. Um, in fact, I, I do that in two and a half months, probably at the moment. So <laughs> just putting that into context and putting that into my own perspective, that would be a very, very, very different version of me. That would be a very different way of health. That would be a very, very, very different um body that I would exist in to be honest and that's okay but it's not what I want it's not where I'm at and so I want you to understand that you don't have to be completely quote-unquote perfect all the time in order to get somewhere with whatever it is that you're focusing on and working on when you give yourself permission to do what you can when you can, life really starts to change. You really start to make progress. You really start to get traction because what you've done is you have created acceptance of the less than perfect version of you. And you don't need to be perfect. In fact, let's face it, none of us are, okay? Although I try, and I'm sure you do too, none of us are completely perfect in every moment, in every area of life. So we might as well throw that idea out the window as it stands because it's not helping any of us get anywhere. And if you want to get somewhere and if you want to feel more energized, a large portion of that is going to come from you allowing yourself to celebrate you as you are now. Not when you're more perfect, not when you're five kilos lighter, 10 kilos lighter, down 10% body fat. No, it comes from you creating acceptance of you as you are now, perfect, whole, and complete, as you are now, whilst still acknowledging we can evolve and there is room for change. It took me a long time to understand the difference between acceptance and resignation. And a lot of high performers confuse the two. In a lot of the conversations I have with the women I work with, they have this feeling that, well, if I accept myself as I am now, that means I'm not trying. 
That is not the case. So I want that distinction to be clear. Acceptance means we are not fighting who we are right now. We are not in disagreement with who we are now. We are not battling who we are now. We can look to the future and have goals. We can be evolving and shifting and growing and changing in this moment, knowing that life is a journey and that we're all in different stages of our personal development journey. And at the same time, we can accept that we will be different in the future and we, as we are now, are still perfectly okay. I want that discernment to be clear. Acceptance is not resigning. Resigning is, in a sense, giving up. It's saying, well, this is how I am, so this is how I'll always be. And that, of course, is not a growth mindset. And that's not what high achievers have anyway. So I'm sure that is clear to you and not a mindset that you default to. But I want that to be understood. Acceptance is not the same as resignation. Acceptance is embracing you in this moment and simultaneously there can be space for growth while still loving the current version of you and allowing yourself to shift into who you are becoming. So that's, that is in, in part how we can address the perfectionism side of things. Two, I think perfectionism is a standard that we hold for ourselves so that we can judge ourselves. We think that trying to be perfect aids us in becoming better, but it doesn't. Most of the time, asterisk. Majority of the time, it does not. In fact, what we do is we create these standards for ourselves so that we can prove to ourselves that we'll never meet them and that we'll always have deficiency so that we can continue to judge ourselves for having that deficiency. But when we set goals, we want to understand the space that we're coming from so that when we go about achieving such goals, we can feel energized in that process and in that journey. A lot of people, however, do not understand where they come from when they set goals. They do not understand the emotional space they come from when they go about achieving them. And that can create a very, very slippery slope. As I said, a lot of people create these standards so that they can prove to themselves subconsciously that they'll never reach them, which feeds into their own perspective of themselves being, for example, a failure, overweight, um, not smart enough to name just a few. I want you to keep that in mind. If you have any questions, of course, just drop them in the comments section, either on uh, LinkedIn, uh, sorry, not LinkedIn, on Zoom or on Facebook. I'll make sure I get back to you. Okay, moving into the next piece. So being in a constant state of doing, 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 doing. This is a really tough one. I'm not going to lie. I very, very, very much find that this is challenging because I like, and who doesn't like dopamine? I love a list. My whole life is lists in my notes app on my phone. I have over 3,000. Let me double check that. There would have to be mm -hmm, 3,000. 282 in my iCloud. So that's all well and good. But again, that keeps us in a constant state of reacting and a constant state of being in the masculine. 
And again, that is okay. I personally have always seen myself as being a more masculine female. I just feel that I'm very accustomed to operating from that space. I love makeup. You might be able to tell. I love fashion. You probably can't tell because I'm in my my um, work t-shirt, so it's not so stylish. Um, no offense to my employer. I I definitely, definitely, definitely enjoy a bit of sparkle, shine, and glitter. But when it comes from my own headspace, I feel that by nature, it I identify that as being much more of a masculine headspace in terms of the traits. So again, being in a state of doing, uh, pursuing achievement, uh, being very driven and ambitious, wanting to take things off my to-do list, um, feeling very organized, feeling very um, compelled to take action, to hustle, quote-unquote hustle, to connect, network with people, um, and really push my values onto those around me. I guess in a nice way, when I say push, I mean influence. I, I want to feel that I've influenced and impacted people. That to me all is really much more of a masculine headspace. And that's cool. I honestly picked up on this when I was about the age of five or six or seven. It started to become apparent to me. And the importance of being able to spend time in a feminine state, I would say I could have learned a lot earlier in life. Um, I would have benefited from learning earlier in life. It would have stopped me from feeling so burnt out had I understood this earlier in life. And that's okay. Hindsight is twenty twenty. For those of you who don't know, I swam at a competitive level for 12 years. I've always been very, very, very heavily involved in sport. And of course, that is my, my full-time um, passion and career is as a personal trainer and performance coach. It is really, really amazing to have had the upbringing that I had and to be exposed to sport from a young age, to have all that ambition, to have all that drive, to see what it takes to be the best. Because of course, no part of me is okay with being average. No part of me wants to be, I would rather come dead last, having tried my hardest than to have come second place. Yeah, actually, that's true. That's that's really, really true. Um, the feminine or feminine state is one that is more creative, one that is more open to receiving, one that is less attached to doing, one that is able to show compassion and kindness towards others and provide emotional support towards others. It's obviously still a bit foreign to me and it's something I'm working on what I find to be great avenues for shifting into the feminine is basically any creative task for me it could look like playing the piano I started when I was three years of age I played for nine years straight my piano teacher then went overseas to go explore the big wide world out there and as a consequence, I stopped. I couldn't find a teacher I gelled with. And I very recently got a keyboard to keep in my home so that I can practice from time to time. So how do we address this? We shift into the creative. We shift into connecting. It could look like calling a family member or a friend. For me, it looks like checking up on my clients 
uh, from an emotional standpoint, sending the messages to say, I hear you are feeling unwell. How are you feeling today? Or I haven't, you know, seen you or heard from you in two or three days. Just want to check that everything's okay. It could look like coloring in. It could look like just sitting still for five minutes and connecting with your breath or writing. Uh, writing, I have to say, would be a big one for me. If you've ever come across my social media captions um, or any articles I've written, they are all entirely written by me. I do not let anyone else write for me. I have found this to be truly helpful in terms of my energy levels because it allows me to shift from one state to another. And you have to know too, balance is not always 50% masculine and 50% feminine. I think that's a huge, huge, huge error in terms of how I used to think. I used to think that balance was you know, 30% work life, 30% fitness, 30% um, career. And I have to say, for me, balance is much more like 80%, if not 90% work, truly. Um, that feels good for me. But these days, what I can articulate is rather than feeling that I'm in my masculine 80 to 85 percent of the time and that being my norm I would say it's much closer to 60 to 70 percent and that's a huge shift for me that is tectonic and it leaves me feeling that there's a lot more room for creation when it comes to the articles I write the social media posts it, it leaves me feeling a lot more creative it leaves me feeling a lot more connected with myself and thus those around me, the people around me feel a lot more cared for and looked after as a result. And that ultimately makes me an even better coach. To be in tune with my emotions uh, it allowed me to be a little more in tune with the emotions of the people nearest and dearest to me. So I wanted to highlight that because constantly being in a state of trying to take off absolutely everything on your to-do list, of course, is draining, but also to never have any dedicated time to being in your feminine, that was definitely a blind spot of mine. And I have to say, finding out about masculine and feminine energies and states has been an absolute game changer. So I want you to try that for me. Start with 10 minutes a day of just being creative, being still, writing, connecting. They're all great ways to start that as a daily or weekly practice. Um, and then you very soon learn that doing more is not always better. Again, opening more tabs, especially before you've closed a few on your brain, is only adding to the overwhelm. We do not need more work. We need better systems and structure so that we can be more effective in the work that we are doing. So when we look at what we do as part of our role and as part of our job, I want you to take a very good look at what you absolutely need to do, what is absolutely imperative for you to do, because no one else in the organization or company can do that. And when you are the CEO or when you work as a C-suite executive, female founder, there is a lot that falls on your plate. That's just natural. That's to be expected. I want you to get very, very, very clear on what you excel at, what is worth your energy and your time, and what you can outsource to someone else. 
what has been an enormous shift in my business. And I did this quite early on. So I think I was a, a clever, clever cookie to recognize this one is I found myself an amazing, amazing, amazing assistant. Uh, to this day, my current assistant, I've had a few over time. My current assistant has been with me for about two years now, and she is incredible. She really, really gets the ins and outs of the business. She understands what needs to be done on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And I continue to work hard at streamlining our processes so that what we do, again, can be done with more efficiency. Not by doing more, we are able to do less when we systematize, process, document, and create standard operating procedures. So if you are still or currently a, a one-man band, so to speak, or a one-woman band, I want that to be added to your to-do list is to find an assistant who can help you they can be a virtual assistant. My assistant is from the Philippines, which is great. It's the same time zone as Singapore. There are several websites that you can go to. There's freelancer.com. There's upwork.com. That's personally my favorite for hiring assistants. There is Fiverr, of course. There's several options. So I want you to search a really, really, really good job description, copy and paste what is applicable to you and the role that you are looking to fill post it. I suggest finding someone who is in your time zone. I suggest finding someone who is great at your spoken language. So of course for me that's going to be English and someone who is a fast learner. From there we have created a ClickUp account where we hold all of our daily tasks, all of our weekly tasks, all of our, all of our monthly tasks and we have great overlap and crossover in terms of understanding whose job is what and we are very easily able to see what has been done and what needs doing so initially this can feel like more effort and of course that is going to take away from your energy levels but you have to understand if you persevere and work through this long term it is going to save you a bucket ton of energy because you will be able to automate outsource and offload the mundane day-to-day -day predictable tasks to someone else so that you can free up your time and energy to be better used spending uh, your, your time in your zone of genius. Because of course, there are certain things which really, 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 really need you to do in your business. And there are certain things that maybe don't really need you to do them yourself, okay? Other great things to do, hire a graphic designer, have a branding kit, have those guidelines easily available to email to people that you'll be working with, such as social media managers. So they would be my top three tips when it comes to reducing your tabs in your brain and on your laptop. Um, definitely find those people who can support you, spend time documenting those processes and creating standard operating procedures in a software such as ClickUp. Um, some other popular ones are Airtable, uh, monday.com look just use what you use use what feels good for you use what aligns with your natural brain function and of course your organizational structure okay what else i dedicate time to streamlining each day and because we're always adding we're always taking photos we're always taking videos we're always receiving emails we're 
always downloading more apps. I spend 15 minutes a day deleting things and removing things from my life, like physically as well. I, it's a daily practice. It's in my daily to-do list. And this allows me to create more space for what is necessary. Again, not every single part of your business needs you. Not every single photo in your phone needs to be kept on your camera roll, okay? <laughs> there are some great apps to help you with this too. I like one called Slidebox. Slide, as in a slippery slide. Slidebox. It is a very, very, very easy way to delete a lot of photos and organize a lot of photos off of your phone. I have over 17,000 and my phone keeps reminding me that I have run out of storage space. I'm sure you understand the feeling. Uh, it is a very simple swipe left, swipe right, swipe up, slide up system so that you can very easily slide to the right. If you want to delete a photo, you can slide to the left. Can you slide to the left? Let me double check that. You can pull the photo down to start as a favorite. You can very, very, very easily create new folders to sort your photos into. So that to me is in fact a daily practice. And yes, I still have over 17,000 photos. I'm working on it. Another great app I enjoy for emails is called unroll.me. Uh, unroll, I believe it's with one L, U-N-R-O-L dot M-E. Another great swipe left, swipe right, slide up system. Again, I think you slide to the right to delete the email. You slide left if you want to review it later and you can pull down to condense all of your emails into one. So that's just one easy read system um, each day. And you can connect your choice of email account with that. Integrates very, very, very seamlessly. It's very easy to use. That, again, is a daily practice for me. Um, deleting apps off of my phone is a weekly practice for me. Uh, I just want to highlight that less is more. And again, you only have so much bandwidth for things that matter. If we want to have energy for the stuff that matters, we need to eliminate what does not. Uh, and that comes to your physical space and clutter as well. So each week I have one area of the house that I aim to declutter. It could be the third drawer in my kitchen. I don't know how people end up with so many potato mashes so many garlic presses, so many funnels and spatulas. How do we do that? I don't know, but I am one of those people. Okay, so rest assured, if that sounds like you, I got you. I understand. I spend at least half an hour each week decluttering a physical space in my own home. I have a list of spaces which I go through every 12 to 16 weeks. The more frequently you do it, the less time it takes, the easier it is to see what you need to keep, what you can donate, and perhaps what you can pass on to a neighbor who might need the same thing. I live in Singapore in a condo. A lot of the larger condos have Facebook groups, which is an excellent way to offload some of your pre-loved goods. So if you have four spatulas, but you only need one, it's very simple to take a photo, put it into the Facebook group and offer to your neighbors if anybody would like a spatula. Okay, so that is something that I do. I've noticed that companies such as H&M are accepting textiles 
not just clothes, but textiles as in it could be towels, it could be bed sheets, um, it could be curtains even. Anything made out of a textile, they have massive recycling goals and sustainability goals because we know that the fashion industry hugely contributes to CO2 emissions and global warming. So good on H&M. They accept textiles. So when I'm clearing out bed sheets and bath towels and I notice that there is one that I no longer need or love, I thank it and I pass it on to H&M. Okay, so that is a great way to declutter. And again, how does this leave you feeling energized? Well, it just means that there's less to think about. It's hard to operate when you're in a cluttered space because it's hard to see what you need when you have 50 ballpoint pens in <laughs> within arm's reach. Of course, you can only hold one in each hand at a time. And I don't know if you're Leonardo da Vinci and you can write with one and sketch with the other. I'm not there yet, but I think it's important to highlight how easy it is to get work done when the space that you're in is calm and only has what is necessary in it. So that is a great way to, again, close more tabs in your brain and start to feel that you can operate at your highest point without having to be distracted by everything in your space, whether it's your workspace or home, because there's just unnecessary items in it. Moving on to let's go to the nutrition side of things so where i start with women who want to lose weight um tone up sculpt up lean out is protein why because protein is very satiating that means it's very filling it goes further down the digestive tract than other macronutrients before it gets broken up okay that's partially why it's so filling also it's going to support the repairing and building of new muscle fibers. If you want to get lean and toned and sculpted, that's what is required. So I like to begin, again, I am not using the US system, so bear with me, but 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. To give you context, if you weigh 60 kilograms, that means every day we want to get 90 grams of protein. That is going to be critical to curbing sugar cravings. It's going to be critical to having a very even keeled um, insulin level during the day, which again, is going to tie into energy because we're not going to have spikes of sugar and caffeine and feel very jittery, followed by you know complete plummets and dips of energy. That one is a huge one and that's where I start with most of the women I work with is let's get their protein intake up. Most people are consuming barely even one gram per kilogram which is nowhere near enough if you have those goals and nowhere near enough if you are working 14, 15, 16 hour days and if you're on your feet for majority of those hours. Okay so that is critical. A very recent finding of mine too was understanding about ferritin. That is stored iron. Turns out I was incredibly low. Um, this can be measured, I'm sure, in different ways. So you want to check with the lab that you work with. What I understand based on this system in Singapore as well as Australia, you want those levels to be as close to 100 as possible. And we start to notice symptoms 
from 80 and below. Mine were 38. I've done a separate podcast on this. If you would like access to that, just send me your email address. I will share it with you. I have had enormous benefits from receiving a transfusion. So because my levels were so low, it was advised that I get an uh, rather an infusion. That was a 20-minute process where they injected a solution to increase my stored iron levels. And I have to say, it is so worth testing. One in three women are iron deficient. And most often, we don't see these signs and symptoms until it's been five to 10 years. And you can only imagine how sluggish you start to feel. Myself, I would get very quickly out of breath. And that might surprise you because I'm a relatively fit person. But even myself would feel out of breath very quickly. I could have the best night's sleep and still feel foggy minded, feel very cloudy in the mind as though I was lacking clarity, would have difficulty concentrating. Some Sometimes memory recall was a challenge. Other symptoms can include brittleness of nails and hair, um, higher rates of hair fall and thinning, uh, irritability and struggle with sleeping. And if severe enough, it can start to mimic underactive thyroid. So ferritin, which is stored iron, not serum iron, is 1000% worth checking. You must absolutely insist you have that tested in your next round of blood work. And if your levels are low, you can receive an infusion. I 100% recommend that you do that because it is a game changer. And the effects last 12 to 18 months on average. So that is important. Your serum iron is only going to reflect what is circulating in the blood, which can be very heavily influenced by what you've eaten in the last 24 to 48 hours. So if you, for example, have a big steak tonight and had your blood work done tomorrow, of course, your serum iron would be higher. Also important to know your hemoglobin, so your red blood cell count and volume can still turn out to be just fine on blood work whilst still having low stored iron. So that was the case for me. My hemoglobin looked fine. My serum iron looked fine. However, my stored iron was almost so low that I was considered anemic. That is really critical to understand. And if you're a very physically active person too, if you live in a climate which is hot and humid, such as Singapore, which is where I'm calling from, then you are far more likely to be low in iron. And especially, of course, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan. So that is a must, 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 must test. Two, when we speak about thyroid, you want to ensure that you have your thyroid levels tested and up to date because we know the impact that has on hormone levels and how that can leave you feeling very low on motivation. I mean, especially if your testosterone levels are low, that is going to leave you feeling like you just don't give a shit about anything. Okay. That is honestly how people feel when their testosterone levels start to deplete. And we start to see that, especially in women who are perimenopausal. Um, and even before then, so even up to 10 years before menopause occurs, we can start to see that in um, some women's blood work. So every single year, we want to make sure that we are getting this tested. 
Another really, really, really worthy nutrient to look out for is going to be vitamin D, which of course the sunlight helps to start the synthesis of that when the sun hits our bare skin. Now, if you are fair skinned, that is an easier process for the body because there is less melanin to work through. However, if you have darker skin, and especially if you spend a lot of time underground, perhaps on the subway, perhaps on the train system in Singapore, if you perhaps wear a hijab and if you cover your face, if you wear long sleeves, if you wear trousers, basically anything that is a barrier between you and the sunlight and including the darkness of your skin can prevent the body having optimal vitamin D levels. Again, every lab is going to test this in a slightly different way, but do check with what the lab suggests. There is a really, really, really easy way to supplement that. You can, if necessary, get a very high dose of 50,000 individual units from a doctor who can prescribe that to you. That is great because you don't have to worry about taking it with you when you travel. You simply just remember to take it every Monday, every Thursday, every Friday. Bob's your uncle, optimum vitamin D levels. And that, of course, is heavily tied with having healthy cholesterol and healthy hormones because that is what we need to have um, pregnenolone and DHEA and cortisol and all of the other hormones which are produced um, and synthesized as a byproduct of that, which is also linked to fertility. I just wanted to say that because a lot of women who have fertility issues probably have cholesterol issues. And if you have cholesterol issues, it's worth understanding where your vitamin D levels sit. I want to take one step back as well and highlight the importance of ferritin. So stored iron, 75% of women in their third trimester have uh, suboptimal ferritin levels. So if you are thinking about conceiving or are in, well, if, if you're pregnant, congratulations, you want to test that especially. Okay, so vitamin D. Chances are, even if you have vitamin D levels, which are in the healthy range, supplementing is very, 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 very unlikely to have a negative impact. So it's a very, very, very safe supplement because every single cell in the body has a receptor for it. And in fact, it is a hormone. You just want to make sure you are taking that in conjunction with a meal that has at least 10 grams of fat to optimize the absorption because it is a fat soluble vitamin. So that is worth mentioning very, very safe and easy to supplement. And it's going to leave you feeling tremendously different when your levels are in that healthy range. Adding to the list, uh, B vitamins, um, especially B12. If you're a vegan, you should be supplementing that because you're just not going to get it from the diet. And this is heavily linked to um, optimal cognition, feeling energized, feeling like you can get through your day without too much caffeine, without too much coffee. A very common one to check if you're feeling like you have no energy or if you're chronically low on energy. And that's very, very commonly tested for on, um, on blood work and especially blood work related to energy levels. So I wanted to mention that. There are also supplements that can be taken to free up uh, your testosterone. So we have free testosterone and we have bound testosterone, not to get too much into a biology um, sort of talk, uh, but I want you to know that there's, there's two types and there are ways that we can optimize the free testosterone, such as um, 
astaxanthin, such as ashwagandha, um, such as rhodiola. Rhodiola is great to calm nerves as well and work against anxiety. Um, so that can be a really good one. Don't take it too late in the day though, because <laughs> it might prevent you from sleeping. And speaking of sleep, of course, a great way to feel more energized is sleep. Now, you already know that. I'm not going to waste your time telling you that. But what we can work on is having better quality of sleep. For people who can't improve or increase their duration, the next best way to improve sleep is to just improve the quality. And what I mean by that is making sure the body is going through three to four or even five sleep cycles a night, making sure that it's easy for you to drift off, easy for you to get to sleep and stay asleep. And one of the ways in which you can do that and a supplement I just suggest to everyone because practically everyone is deficient in magnesium, um, particularly bisglycinate or bisglycinate, just depending on your preferred pronunciation. Why do I like that one? It is especially good for sleep, whereas some other forms such as oxide um, is going to aggravate the stomach and leave you with some digestive issues. That's not so comfortable to digest. So my preferred form of magnesium is bisglycinate or bisglycinate, essentially a glycinated form of magnesium, 400 milligrams typically is what I prefer uh, as a dosage at nighttime. It's not a breakfast item. Don't have it at breakfast, you will fall asleep. And we definitely, definitely, definitely do not need that. So this is not going to energize you in the moment, but it's going to leave you feeling more well-rested and energized for the next day. And it's quite challenging to get enough magnesium from food itself. I did a great podcast with a clinical nutritionist on hydration and we touched on magnesium. So again, if you want a copy of that, just send me an email and I'll be sure to share that with you. Um, moving into caffeine. Okay, we know coffee after 12 p.m. is not a great idea because the half-life of caffeine tends to be about six hours. So by six hour mark, you still have half of that caffeine circulating through you. It's only going to prolong the sense of jitteriness and prevent you from drifting off and having, again, that quality of sleep, that restful, deep sleep. So that's worth mentioning. Of course, I'm not entirely, I don't like coffee myself, but I'm not against coffee. I'm not against caffeine. I just think there are times to take it and times to not take it. Okay. Um, that's a lot to cover when it comes to nutrition, truly. And that's really just the tip of the iceberg. So if you have any follow-up questions, just send me an email and I'll be happy to answer them for you. Um, what else did I want to cover? Um, do you know what? They are the main items. I'm just checking my notes again. So just to recap, um, for the female founders and C-suite executives who want to feel more energized, my tips, what areas you want to focus on is letting yourself see your own success, letting go of the need to be perfect, letting go of the need to do everything, and instead building the capacity to hire people, outsource, offload, document processes, streamline processes, and pass that off to other people, making sure that what you say is followed by what you do so that you're not in a constant state of opening more tabs, opening more tabs, opening more tabs and never closing them. 
again, this is going to reduce your overwhelm and the need to be in a constant state of reacting, okay? If you are constantly looking at every single message, every single email that comes up, chances are you're not actually getting any traction in any area of your business because how can you? How can you do the deep work to make out a plan for what is going to be posted in terms of articles, in terms of social media? How can you put together a report if you're constantly responding and replying to every single thing? You know, we need to make sure we have dedicated slots in our schedule to actually doing the work, not just replying and responding and replying and responding and replying and responding. So that is hugely important. Again, constantly being in a state of reacting and doing is us staying in the state of the masculine, dedicating time to being in our feminine state and connecting with creativity and pulling ourselves out of doing, 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 doing is hugely helpful in recharging so that when we come to write those reports and we come to write those articles, we have more creative juices flowing. And that's hugely important. Okay. Um, doing more is not always better. I think it's worth saying doing more is not always better. Doing better is doing better. You know, when people ask me how to get better at doing an exercise, my answer is more or less that just you want to make an exercise harder, do it better. You want to get better at doing an exercise, we'll practice it more often and practice it with a higher quality of technique. Okay. The same comes to business. You want to get better at writing articles, dedicate time to writing articles. If you want to get better at doing live videos, dedicate more time to doing live videos. It's, it's just another muscle to flex and there's no shortcuts to achieving that. But sometimes we get in a, in a state of wanting to do more because we think doing more means that we've been more effective and that's not the case. Being effective is making us more effective. Okay. So again, streamline cut out the clutter, cut out the distraction, cut out what is not significant or helpful and do that to your, your physical space too. Dedicating 15 minutes a day to deleting what is not necessary off your camera roll, from your inbox and out of your physical space is immensely helpful in giving you the space to create and giving you the space to actually get the deep work done. And that's going to move the needle in your business. Um, outside of that, thinking that energy comes from an external source. No, remember, you create the space you want to operate from. You create that state. Just wanting to feel more energized is exactly what you need to ignite feeling energized. That is a spark plug. So when you want to feel more energized, you probably start to stand taller. You start to wear a bigger smile on your face. You start to use your hands more. You start to do more hand gestures. You make more eye contact. You have a, a lifted spirit in your voice instead of having a downward drawn out tone, instead of slouching, instead of having your chin forwards, slouch to the computer, instead of, you know, looking to the corner of, of the room. Okay, if you want to have more energy, be the energy that you want. Talking about how tired you feel all the time and wearing it as a badge of honor is not going to leave you feeling more energized. Maybe it needs to be said. Maybe it needs to be said. Okay. But you can feel as energized as you wish to. A lot of the time you don't because you think energy is only an internal thing. Um, well, sorry, only an external thing. It's dependent on sleep. It's dependent on hydration. It's dependent on nutrition. And yes, that is a huge, huge, huge factor. But if you want to feel more energized, well, be, be more energized. You know, if, if you want to be fitter, we'll start going to the gym. You know, it's it's the same principle. 
And tying back into all of the nutrition and biomarkers I just mentioned. So looking at protein intake, 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight, looking at your ferritin, that's your stored iron, not serum iron. That's a very, very, very redundant measurement. And ensuring that ferritin is still looked at, even if your hemoglobin is fine, your red blood cell count, volume, size can all be fine and your ferritin can still be low. If necessary, get an infusion. Oral supplements are not going to shift the needle on your iron levels. They're hard to digest. They give you gastric issues and you really don't absorb very much at all from the oral supplements. So an infusion all the way will last 12 to 18 months, much, much, much above and beyond better than any oral supplement. Um, If you can have an infusion, if necessary, definitely, definitely, definitely a game changer. Also looking at vitamin D, looking at hormone levels, looking at thyroid markers, looking at antibodies as well, so that you're not missing something such as Hashimoto's thyroidosis underactive thyroid. It's an autoimmune underactive thyroid condition where the thyroid starts to attack itself. So we want to make sure we look at the antibodies as well as everything else in context. Looking at B vitamins, especially vitamin B12, if you are a vegan and sleep quality, looking at magnesium, um, speaking of headspace and feeling like you've got a clearer mind, feeling as though your brain isn't rushing a million miles an hour, constantly opening new tabs, What we can do to address that is going to be supplementing things such as ashwagandha, rhodiola. Again, ashwagandha is going to help to free up more free testosterone. Basically, it's going to um, tap into the the testosterone stores, make more of that freely available to the body to use. And that is hugely helpful too. So ashwagandha, hugely, hugely, hugely impactful from a number of standpoints when it comes to your health. And rhodiola is another great... Um, adaptogen, which I use with a few of my clients as well. I hope that helps. That has been a awesome live video. I would love to receive any feedback, comments, queries that you have for me. Again, if this was helpful, do let me know. I would like to run a few more of these. So I'm always open to hearing your feedback and I want to understand more topics which are going to be of use and benefit to you. If you would like an energy audit, happy to help you, definitely reach out and we'll be sure to arrange that because life's too short to not feel energized. I'm sure you'll agree. Thank you so much for watching and please stay tuned for the next live video because you just never know what we might talk about. Take care and enjoy the Easter long weekend. Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and that are going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. i got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.